Welcome to the Living In Podcast, a show that helps successful real estate teams accelerate their growth and impact. Livian, love how you live in all aspects of life. Steve, how, um, I don't even know how to introduce you because I feel like we could take a lot, a lot of time with that part of it. I mean, I think I refer, referred to you as real estate Smithsonian the, uh, <laughs> earlier last week. You know, it's 46 years um, in the industry, um, 36 years now, real trends. Um, most folks know a year and a half ago we sold all of our publishing and conference business to HW Media and that's gone just incredibly well. And they took most of our employees and they're all happy. We, they didn't want consulting. So the M&A valuation and general consulting stayed with Scott Wright and I. Okay. And Scott's now a full partner and he's carrying a heavy load and I'm working on deals mostly. What does consulting and valuation look like specifically? Well, we'll do, uh, we'll do 20 to 25 valuations of brokerage companies, teams, uh, property management, mortgage title, stuff related every month. Been running that hard for years now. Uh, M&A is some of those people have us do that because they want to sell, but it's actually a small fraction. Okay. There's just all people are curious or they're bringing in a partner or they're buying out a partner or unfortunately sometimes partnerships are breaking up. Sometimes we have a marital divorce and we need to do evaluation for the property settlement. Just all so kinds. four decades then plus yeah. of, yeah. of knowing people's businesses like in the most intimate level from a financial standpoint, what, what trends are you seeing today that you didn't see 40 years ago? The thing that's most different right now is if you look back and you think about late 70s coming forward, first of all, the new competitors that came in, the meaningful new competitors, um, pick on two in particular who had, who had great impact, Remax and Keller Williams. These were not Wall Street funded endeavors. These were entrepreneurs who, who were bootstrapping, Dave Linegar and Gary Keller. Yeah. And they tended to come about every six to eight years or so, or 10. So the industry had time to adapt to the new guy blowing a hole in him before the next guy showed yeah. up who was blowing a hole in him. What's different today is now we have, we have some bootstrap going on, a few little ones. But you think about Compass and EXP and Fathom and HomeSmart and United Real Estate. And, and it's, not, it's not one, it's eight side. Yeah. Just all coming after the agents and after these businesses. Um, and most of them are, you know, have hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars behind them. Is this just a game of like musical chairs though? And in the nicest possible way, what I, to some degree from the outside looking in, there's not a lot of innovation or the disruptive innovation, it's, a, right. it's small iterations to traditional models. I mean, when you boil it all away, yeah. nothing's changed. Yeah. Um, Two-thirds of all housing consumers still choose an agent because they know one or someone referred them. Um, commission rates come down as prices went up, but not hugely. Last year was nearly $100 billion of residential commission revenues. 
That's a record, you know, up from 87 billion in 2020. I mean, it's just, just blew yeah. up. Um, even though the average rate came down. Um, uh, we're seeing, a, a, you know, due to people like yourself, we're seeing more and more concentration among top individuals and top teams. We're seeing the number of top teams multiply incredibly, yeah. and the average size of them going up. And, and so, no, they're, but, you know, what, 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 what we think and what we see, and, and keep in mind, real trends five times in the last 20 years hired Harris Insights, one of the world's best research firms, and we underwrote it to do a recent buyer, recent seller survey. And, and, <laughs> and what they value about an agent yeah. hasn't changed. What they want hasn't changed. And it all has to do with personal service and knowledge. Because even though they have, honest to God, a, a reasonably intelligent person could go to three, four, five valuation sites and get an idea what their house is worth. But they really still believe that their best, the smart thing to do is have an agent represent them to negotiate the price and terms, handle the inspection, make sure the documentation is correct. You, can, you look at it over since 2001, and, and the usage has gone from roughly 81% to over 90%. Uh, to me, it sounds like WebMD has not, it, more knowledge is available than ever, yeah. and no one trusts WebMD to diagnose themselves in a real problem. Listen, there are some old timers, I won't name them, there's about five <laughs> or six of us have been, been around 40 years, and we all thought after the internet became widely available in the early 2000s, we thought this would really change. Mm -hmm. We thought consumers would start going to Yelp or Angie's List or Zillow Profile or real, you know, whatever. And they would literally, you'd see it over a year or two, you'd suddenly see that the, you know, whatever the number is, 70% of realtors that don't do enough business yeah. to be off government-funded benefits. Yeah. Um, that, that, but there hasn't, the, the consumer has not said yet um, they have not said yet that we don't like this system. Yeah. So there, in, in what the interesting thing is to some degree, there's two consumers in your business and in my business, right? There's the, there's the consumer that lives in houses and then there's the consumer that helps people buy and sell houses is what's changed for the agent in that time frame. Well, I, I, I can only imagine that. And I, you know, I, 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 I tell agents when I talk to agents, I do the same thing you do. I list and sell brokerage companies. You list and sell houses. I, my clients probably are just as crazy as yours <laughs> some of the times. Uh, you've got an MLS. I don't. I am. We are the MLS. Real yeah. Trends Consulting. We're, we're the MLS. Uh, we know the transactional details of deals even if we weren't involved um, for many cases. Uh, for an agent, i got to believe now... The transaction's more complex, so there's more details to have to keep your eyes on. Even though you have transaction management systems and you have systems to help you, you still got to keep your eyes on it. And yeah. two, I would think as an agent, given the state of markets for the last four or five years, that you have to be a student of the marketplace every day to know what's going on. Absolutely. This is no longer waiting for the weekly MLS book to come out. Or going to the coffee clutch and, and people, blah, 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 blah. how's the business? Business is great. You, know, you haven't done a deal in three weeks. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, yeah. or three months or whatever. 
Um, I just think it, it, it just requires a lot more out of agents in terms of their market intelligence and their time and, and their, their emotional energy to get deals done, to get their work done. It's just tougher. Yeah, I think technology has made it, the transaction more complex and the expectation that the agent's more on demand. Yeah. Which means this is where our business model has come into play. It's, okay, if the, if the agent is expected to be more on demand, then we have to free them up from the constraints of the transaction, the constraints of running a business, and so on. Yep. What, what trends do you see as far as like teams are concerned? Well, they're getting far more numerous and far bigger. Um, five, six years ago, I had a conversation with some of the bigger teams out there and just doing some general homework. And it appeared to me back then that the, the, quest, the big question mark was, can these things be scaled? Can they be scaled? And I, I wasn't sure four yeah. or five years ago. Now we got three of them doing over 10,000 sides which would mean as brokers, they'd be in the top 50 brokers in the country. I think we've answered the question. Yeah. The, the challenge they have, and you, you said it this morning, better than anybody I've heard say it is, and the same is true with many brokers, the, these were salespeople. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they got this complex business and you got HR issues and you got legal and regulatory issues and you got marketing issues. You can't possibly, I'm sorry, you can't possibly be knowledgeable enough in all those areas to make sure that you're spending your money effectively, that you're tracking stuff that you need to track, that you're not running afoul of the law. And so I think that's why I said I think what you're doing is it, it's got this huge ramp. Now, like this huge because if I were a top individual and I was thinking about a team, I'd want to do a deal with the guys like you because that's the way I built real trends. I mean, I didn't you know, originally we had three or four people. I was the CFO. I was the, you know, I booked all my appointments, you know. Yeah. As we got larger, I had a great CFO. I had a, a general manager took care of all the HR stuff. I had two full-time creative directors took care of all. I don't understand Google. <laughs> SEM, yeah. SEO. Yeah. And I go, what? Yeah. Well, what, where, you know, how do we measure success? Well, you do this. Oh. And, you know, it's like I remember back in 07, somebody said, you need to be on Facebook. I said, okay, well. So I go and accept all these people as friends. And, and before I knew it, I had 3,300 people there. And my wife also jumped on to her own. And she said, well, are you doing stuff there? I said, do I need to do something? <laughs> well, you're supposed to post stuff and answer people and interact. I said, I've got no time for that. <laughs> I got 200 emails a day and 50 yeah. phone calls a day and reports to get out and I got to do all this stuff. Yeah, but I mean, the stuff that comes at agents, Yeah. where should I put my money? Mm -hmm. I, got one, I got one consultant saying Facebook. I got another saying SEM, yeah. SEO, and I got another one going, no, 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 Zillow pr profile page. I mean, we, I had the same thing going on at my own company, we, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, the the complexity is just is too vast at this point. In order to scale to the magnitude that a lot of the um, top producers have the capacity to do, then it becomes a race for talent. And you know, I remember Gary saying it really was. It stood out to me, which was, you know, however long it took you to be good at sales, it'll take you at least three times longer to be a good leader. Yeah. And most people don't have that, that long of a uh, career trajectory in our industry considering this is usually a second career or third career for someone. Well, you know, it's like, uh, this goes back 16 years ago, 
One of the things we do in our CEO groups is we do a the host firm would prepare a whole book on the host company and we would examine it before we got there and then we'd break up into teams and go out and interview all their managers and agents and then we'd come back and do a critique. Two rules critiques. One, we do it out of love and respect for the host. Second, the host is not allowed to respond. No rationalizations. We're here. Mm -hmm. This is what we saw. So I had Larry Kendall and three other people come in in 06. I'll never forget it. We just had eight people and they did the whole thing. And, um, so I sat down and they said, you ready? Because, I mean, I'd been through hundreds of these. I was like, yeah. yeah, I know. Oh, I can do this. And they said, okay, you are a lousy manager. <laughs> and you're actually never going to be good at it. And actually, it's a waste of your time and talent. I said, what? No, they said, Steve, you're like, this is the truth. They said, you're like the Rolling Stones, okay? They don't sell tickets, and they don't set up the equipment. Yeah. They write music and they perform music. That's, that's like you. And I said, I don't like that analogy. And they went, be quiet. <laughs> he get I said, okay. I'm, uh, so Denise, who was my longtime kind of partner, she's far better. She doesn't travel. Let her run the company. Okay, I, I can do that. It's fine. Okay, what, is, there, is this getting any better? And they went, be quiet. And they said, this is okay, so listen to us now. You need to get rid of two of your people. I knew who they were. Yeah. Anyway, same thing with teams. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you really, how are you, if, if your skill is selling and generating customers and leads, how do you then figure out how to be an effective leader? How do you know how to be effective at personal relationships and and, and, when, and when we do valuations on teams, and we've done a lot now, by this point we've probably done a couple hundred. And I mean, the funniest thing that's going on, you, you, you'll know all about this, right, is they'll go, I said, well, how's your business? Great, record level, well, tell me what the challenges are. Said our inside agents who we provide leads, technology, we do everything for them. All they have to do is take care of the customer and get a contract signed. And they get 40%-ish. And they're making two or $300,000. And now they think they're good and they want 80-20 split. <laughs> yep, they want to leave. And it's just a pain in the rear. And I start mm -hmm. laughing and they go, what are you laughing about? I said, welcome to broker world. Yeah. <laughs> so you got the same problem that the brokers have had for 40 years that actually you did to your own broker. <laughs> and now you're getting it done to you. It's, it's just circle of life, you know, and they all go, you know, I don't think I like your input on this. I said, <laughs> I said I'm just telling you it's the natural yeah. state of things, is that a person who works hard three, four years, you provide them all, what do you, how do you think a broker feels when they've helped, they've trained you from brand new and, and showed you how to use all the tools and was there for you in your divorce or your dog died or you forgot to pay the IRS your quarterly taxes and you forwarded the money and they leave you for a 5% split difference. So that's what happens to all my broker clients. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you some of the good ones, they get over they're having their hearts broken and still have compassion and understanding. They don't get, they don't get overly jaded. So we talk to teams about that yeah. stuff. But part of that is that 
they need they need to, they get to a certain point they get this is going to be part of business yeah and unless you're willing to accept that and have and i have clients who have figured out a plan for those guys what they can do so they can feel better which is just have a separate brokerage division okay and let them go over there and they don't get the leads and they don't yeah. and, and they they're on whatever 90 10 80 20 yeah. whatever and that's fine everybody's everybody's good but i said you know as you get bigger and bigger your role changes so either you're going to have to change or you're going to have to hire people to do all that stuff that needs doing so you can keep doing what you love doing once you figure out what that is what do you really love doing yeah have you have you found anyone who is um who's kind of solving that turnover dilemma either at the brokerage level or um on the team side anything that's working no okay no the only thing i got three or four teams um, and, and, and in a manner of speaking, we have, we say, all right, we'll essentially go across the hall. That's the Steve Murray, not team, that's Steve Murray brokerage. Yeah. And you don't have leads. We're not going to give you leads. And you got to pay a fee for the technology and marketing and the stuff you use. And you got to pay the E&O. And you can have your 80, well, you can have your split. And doesn't, look, we'll still have a weekly sales meeting. I'm not like just yeah. treating you like a leper, but this is where the this is where our real business is is over here under the team stuff, and and it seems to be you know it, for two or three people it seems to be working okay. Yeah, I find one of the things um, I I finally came to terms with this that um, there was like Nick Saban is a football coach, but. More than anything, he's actually a recruiter. Yeah, thirty-five percent of his roster turns over every year, which yeah. is about what our industry has. Right. And enough. he still has to win a national championship. Never thought of it that way, but you're exactly right. And, and he's, and he's the head coach. He he, he doesn't make five percent of the decisions during a game. He's got mm -hmm. an offensive coordinator, yeah. a line coordinator, a special teams guy, and he expects them to do their jobs yeah. and keep those guys doing what they're supposed to be doing. And that's kind of what we're talking about here, and what yeah. you're bringing to them. Um, is to say, look, tell us, tell us what you're trying, what you want to achieve with your team. We're going to partner with you in some financial economic model, and we're going to do all this other stuff because we know how to do it, and we can prove that we know how to do it. And if you just want to list and sell, knock yourself out. Absolutely, absolutely. And now, if you want to help recruit good agents, great. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. We find a place, find a place for both of those people. When you kind of, as we wrap up here, when you look at, I know that recently you had a, a ten year study on on brokers, right? And 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 alongside that, you've got kind of insights on the teams as well. Um, what can you share from from that in depth look at the broker level, and what the future looks like for teams and brokerages? Well, it. Um so we've been saying this for a long time now, and it's getting more and more true. As a brokerage company, you can be a Walmart or you can be a Nordstrom's, just don't get in the middle. Okay. Don't be a Sears, Kohl's, or Pennies. And what, what, what would that mean tactically? It means that if you're going to be the Walmart, you've got to have huge scale. Okay. And you're going to have low margins, and you need to get mortgage and title, and you got all these other revenue streams like Amazon or Walmart mm -hmm. or the big, big retailers do. Or... Be in Nordstrom's and say, we don't care how big we are. We're going to service a high end or some niche. We're going to, we're going to service um, that, those neighborhoods or those type of homes or something. Yeah. 
and, and, and we're just going to focus there. Yeah. Um, it's like what we, so we know that the middle is going to get hot. Every retail business of services or products over the last 30 years has been hollowed out. Mm -hmm. Just, you, you can't, where's the differentiating factor in the middle? There isn't anything. There it's isn't a medium t-shirt. It only fits the medium. That's the, it. It just, you know, yeah. it's like, I mean, I tell people often, I said, you know, how many of us uh, can tell the difference between a two-carat diamond ring from J.C. Penney's and one from Tiffany's? Yeah, other than the box. That's it. The box and the story. I've, I've showed that to people, audiences, and I said, oh, and by the way, guys, I did buy this, uh, something for my wife, and I'm willing to rent you the box in the bag. <laughs> so you can go to Penny's, put it in the yes, box right. bag, your wife will love you, then give me the box bag. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's all, I mean, that's the normal person, Yeah. but it's, the, you, you're not gonna find Tiffany's at J.C. Penny's or Zales or K Jewelry, you're not. You're just, mm -hmm. and, and, and of course, they have their own battle because their owners want them to grow, but Tiffany's is going, yeah, but we can't cheapen what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. This goes with teams too, which is, you know, I think most teams, the good ones, they're smart enough to know they should only first hire slowly, fire quickly. Yeah. Because culture is what matters inside a team. Two, don't hire more people than you need to service the lead flow you have. Because then you have to manage them, and you've got to feed them, and, uh, and keep them in culture. That's right. And they're sitting around with yeah. nothing to do because your right. lead flow stomped off. That's right. And so, yeah. and we would say the same thing of teams: stay. Either you're going to go for scale, uh, or, or you're going to say, that, you know, I'm going to focus on. I mean, where are we? Colorado Springs. Yeah. And you're from Indianapolis. Indianapolis. I'm going to focus on Carmel. Yeah. I'm just going to do. Carmel. And the people who lose and will lose are the ones who don't make that choice. Yeah, who try to be you, all you, things you to everyone. You can't, don't get caught, you know, don't mm -hmm. get caught in the middle here. Think about every, you know, and, and by the way, we did, you know, so what do we find out about the, the we, we looked at seven, the top 731 firms in the country over the last 10 years, 2012, 2021. And we looked at their growth in agents, growth in size, growth in volume, and growth in agent productivity. And then we just looked at the top 50 in each of those categories, and we recognized them. Um, one of the, what, were, what was one of the findings? Keller Williams had 40% of the companies on those lists. That's and, awesome. And somebody said, well, why? Do you think that? I said, well, because they actually have a system. <laughs> and they hold people accountable to the system. And she said, that's, that's it? Yeah. They have, they have leaders who execute it, know what the plan is, work the system, repeat. Yeah. Repeat. And, um, but, there, but the interesting part, right, is that there were ERAs, Caldwell Bankers, Berkshires, Independents, Remax. There were, all, there were all kinds of firms on the list. So what, what do we take from that? Same thing we've looked at for years. The success of a brokerage is not primarily driven by its brand name. Okay, it, no. it's driven by the leader, the leadership, yeah, the leader, if, and, and the evidence. We we've been producing this evidence for twenty five years. I don't think anybody's paying attention. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> sooner or later, it will sink sooner in. Sooner or later, it will right. sink in. And I say that really carefully because I like living, and <laughs> and and Remax guys live all around me, and you know, but 
I do it, I do it respectfully. I didn't say it's not important. Yeah. Because here's something really interesting, right? So we look at the agent and the team rankings. Now, you know, you're, you have a top team. Yeah. You, you could be on your own. Mm-hmm. You, don't have, you don't have to pay Keller or anybody. Yeah. You do it yourself. But you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And 23, 24,000 individuals, top individuals and teams on this year's ranking, all but two or 300 of them are with a named brokerage company, wow. either local or national. Wow. So the best agents and teams in the country have voted with their feet, and they're saying, I think, I think there's some value being with a company that's well-known, whether it's mm-hmm. a local brand or a national brand, or both. Yeah. Um, isn't that interesting? We would have thought otherwise. Absolutely. Right. That, that, yeah. You know, because these are strong people, successful, million-plus GCI a year, making great money. But isn't that interesting, after all of this, that 99% of them are with a name brokerage? But then we also know from the broker rankings, the brand itself is not the main driver of success for a brokerage company. Yeah. And you know what? It's not for a team or an individual either. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for us, you know, I think about it, that it, in, order to, in order to be one of those high-scale teams, you have to have understood leverage and specialization. And a broker has specialization and leverage, and I don't want to. I don't want to wear that hat. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's like I said earlier. There's a great analogy between my work doing valuation, and we represent sellers almost yeah all the time. And we've done 800. We stopped counting at 850 transactions a couple years ago. It says not important because all the rest of them put together don't equal 20 percent of that. So we don't need to keep carpet bombing the fact that, you know, oh, we did 876 now. Let's keep adding them up. Um, although I saw a new guy is going to come out and compete with us, and he's joined a firm that we've never heard of in the space. Okay. And by their press release, they said, we've done over 300 transactions. Scott and I went, <laughs> we would have heard of them. Yeah, you know. with that many, yeah. Uh, yeah, we would have heard of them. Um, but... My requirement, Scott's requirement, is no different than what I said earlier. Scott and I study transactions and deals and, and all kinds of things and markets and who are the buyers for this firm and what do they think and what are they looking for. We're constantly researching what's going on in this marketplace because we've got people whose, you know, their dreams are tied up in us finding a great buyer for them. Yeah. And... We take that pretty seriously. I think most great agents, when they encounter, you know, a family, um, you know, and sellers are, they have, you know, you know better than I do. I mean, there's different reasons why people have to sell a home, and not all of them are good. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, my wife and I downsized, and my wife, you know, two and a half years later, she goes, do you miss it? And I said, are you kidding? <laughs> 5,500 square feet for two of us. No way. No way. And, and a long driveway, which which like 120 yards long. And I have to up. wheel the garbage <laughs> out to the street. That's okay in the summertime. When you got two feet of snow yeah. in the driveway, it gets kind of like not fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that stuff. And But we had a lot of memories in that house. Yeah. We had, you know, and, and so uh, sometimes it's because you've had a death. 
mm-hmm. of a spouse. And I don't need this house and, and, or people are moving. The people we bought our, what we downsized to, they had 15 great years in that house and all of a sudden they're in their early 80s and their health isn't that good and they got to go to assisted living. So it's, that wasn't a pleasant thing for them to do. Yeah. Now buyers on their hand usually are normally happy because they're getting what they want or pretty close to what they want. Yeah. So I think agents have to manage the empathy factor and Scott and I do too. We tell people the work we do, it's about 25% numbers and 75% people. So last question, if you were going to start over uh, and you couldn't do the consulting and valuation, what would you do? If, uh, knowing now what you know, what, uh, what would I, it look I, like? I'd build a team. Okay. I would. I would. I would. Um, I'd find whatever method worked best for me that I could do regularly and continuously. If that's cold calling, that's direct mail, or it's hosting neighborhood party, whatever it is to generate clients and customers, handing out my card to five people a day yeah. in line at the grocery store, and, and build a book of business, and, and then I'd try to keep growing that. But as soon as I thought I got to a certain point, then I'd invest as opposed to pocketing it, and invest to start growing now. And, you know, I, it, it, you know if, I had the, if I could find the right talent, figure the right angle to market online, to supplement what, you know, Buffini and Ferry and Larry Kendall all say is start first with the people you know. Yeah. And, and uh, that's what I would do. I'd, I'd, I, I would not want to be an individual agent. I, I, I think, not in this I th- market. No, I th- well, I think it's, it, who, who was it up there today was talking about the loneliness. Was that you? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was you, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was, you, you were more right than you know, and that's the case with broker owners. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've sold a whole lot of companies. Men and women said after 30 years of having to be the one to make the decisions all the time, mm-hmm. I'm just exhausted. Yeah. And your, and your assets, your customers have feet, right? And, and they walk out at any time. So it's yeah. always that strength. Yeah, we've had to testify in a lot of cases. You know, and the, Often the other side doesn't know the faintest thing about a business. So you do understand the agents have terminable with or without cause contracts with no notice. And the guy goes, what? I said, yeah, I mean, like, they could get ticked off their broker owner Friday at 2 yeah. o'clock and go, I'm out of here, yeah. and leave, just pack up their stuff and leave, and, and then get their license transferred and buy. Mm-hmm. He said, you're kidding me. I said, no, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, no, odds are, that doesn't happen with yep. large numbers of people, but I've had clients who've had walkouts in an office, and it's it just like, geez. Oh yeah, absolutely. Those, those are the late sleepless nights as a broker general for sure, and as a team owner. But um, so, Steve, I one want to thank you for um, giving us a, a platform here at the event so that we could share the vision of Livian yep. and, and what we're doing. Well, what you shared today was hugely valuable. I heard nothing but great things about oh, our awesome. panel. That's awesome. And you guys were so willing to share. Yeah, absolutely. Which was great. And you all had something different going on. Yeah, very different and business models. Yeah, it really was. And um, 
and that's what makes it fun. Yeah. So then, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, of course, for always being this like wealth of information. I think you're the Smithsonian of real estate, I've decided at this point. So <laughs> I learned something uh, in every conversation that well, uh, I either have or listen to. I hope I keep being useful. That's the main <laughs> goal here. 